Let's talk about clowns. I know. I know. It's a very sensitive topic for a lot of you out there, many who have a deep-seated fear of clowns. For some really strange reason, I'm not, which is kind of why I find this topic so fascinating. I know grown men who aren't afraid of anything, including one I happen to be married to, who is deathly afraid of clowns. Where does this fear come from? Well, we're going to delve into that now, the history of all of it, with the help of Dr. Madeline Steiner, who's a postdoctoral fellow for the Founding Documents Initiative in the Department of History at the University of South Carolina. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So let's talk about clowns, first of all, the history of clowns. Like how far back do we see them in showing up in shows and as part of society? Well, clowning really is an ancient uh, art form. If you go back to ancient Greek theater, you'll see clown figures. Um, in the medieval period, you had court jesters, which were uh, a type of clowns. So it's got a very extensive, long history. But somewhere along the way, Dr. Steiner, things turned. What happened? Uh, well, you know, if you look at the history, uh, for most of clowning's existence, it was an adult form of entertainment. Uh, clowns weren't really meant for, for children. Uh, in the 19th century, in the North American circus, for example, uh, the circus itself was viewed as something kind of dirty and stigmatized. Uh, there was, you know, a gambling and drinking and dirty jokes at the circus. And clowns were responsible for a lot of that crude humor. Uh, these were places that men attended by themselves. They left the wife and kids at home um, and, and they would view these acts that others saw as, as kind of scandalous. Um, so really, the clown being associated with children's entertainment is a more modern um, development. Right. So adults were used to seeing clowns, children not so much. And so then was there something scary about the clowns that kind of scarred a whole generation of children? Like, is that what happened? Um, well, you know, it depends on who you ask. Uh, I've seen some psychological studies that say that there's something kind of deep-seated in the human psyche that views any figure in a mask as scary. And so the clown with their painted on smiles uh, can be frightening because we don't know what their real intentions are. Um, and, you know, clowns became something associated with kids in the 20th century. Uh, you had hospital clowns, which I think today many people might not see as comforting, but might see as a little bit scary. Um, but by the late 20th century, uh, a number of historical events uh, did come around and kind of, uh, maybe not traumatized, but associated the clowns with horror. Um, you look at you know, serial killer John Wayne Gacy and his history as a clown being a, a touchstone moment that really cemented the clown with horror. Um, and media things like Stephen King's book, It, uh, further just cemented that connection for a lot of people and uh, it really turned the clown back into something uh, more devious and adult. Because now it almost seems like we embrace the evil clown idea as opposed to the funny clown idea. Yeah, um, uh, there was one study I read that um, was conducted in 2008 that concluded that clowns were, quote, universally disliked by children today. I've heard that. I saw the study, too. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Like, what are the stats about that? 
Um, I'd have to go go check their their stats and their research project, but um, you know, just anecdotally, you do see clowns in a lot more horror context today than I think you do um, whimsical, funny children's entertainment. So it, it's a an interesting historical cycle here that we went from clowns as something dark and, and a little bit sinister. Uh, we had a short period where they were seen as fun and and uh, lovable, and now we're back to that that dark history. Okay, that's a good point then. So have we come full circle with that then? Are we, is this, the way that we view clowns today, is that more historically accurate versus the happy clown? Um, well, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same as uh, the clowns that I study in the 19th century, uh, where they're not so much, you know, dark and murderous, but uh, they will, you know, tell you some raunchy jokes and and perform um, some uh, unsavory comedy routines. Um, today, we've we've really got uh, that horror association, and you didn't see that in uh, the 19th century. Dr. Center, I have to ask you, how does one end up studying 19th century clowns? And when you tell <laughs> people what is their reaction to that um well you know, most of them ask you know well is that uh, that's really what you study um, <laughs> is that and, really a and, thing they go <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and, and more broadly my research concerns the uh, development of traveling entertainment and circuses as a business enterprise um, and i study how these traveling shows ushered in the age of entertainment as big business in the 19th century. But when I do my archival research, I come across a lot of really entertaining and weird sources and clowns happen to be the subjects of a lot of them. So whenever I get a chance to write just an interesting, quirky piece about some of the things that I find in the archives, I really enjoy that. So in the 19th century, then, I would imagine that traveling entertainment was the primary form of entertainment, wasn't it? Like that was a big deal when a traveling circus or vaudeville show or something came to town. Oh, yeah. Um, those were the most popular forms of entertainment. Um, and we have the development of the railroad to thank for that. You know, earlier days, uh, you would have to travel to a big city to see a professional show. Maybe they might travel by wagon uh, within a short radius of these large cities. But with the development of the railroad, uh, shows were able to you know, come to patrons who had never been able to see professional performances before. And the spectacles that they brought, especially the circus, were really captivating. You know, where else would people in the 19th century have a chance to see an elephant and a zebra other than on these occasional circus days? And so the nighttime entertainment, then, is that obviously that changed things, right? The kids weren't coming out at nighttime. So is that why a lot of it was considered adult entertainment? Uh, yes, um, historically, there's been some stigma with any sort of traveling performers um, and theater in general in North America was pretty stigmatized. Uh, you know, you see ministers preaching from the pulpit about you know the sins of these traveling entertainment venues um, because there was little regulation for employees' behavior. There's a lot of drinking. There might be some pickpocketing, um, some, some gambling going on. So uh, they people weren't bringing their kids. These were nighttime spectacles um, where one could expect to find these sort of seedy behaviors. But with the development of the railroad, um, entrepreneurs realized that by cleaning up their shows and 
inviting people to bring women and children, they can make a lot more money. Um, so folks like P.T. Barnum are responsible for this sort of um, cleaning up of the circus genre. And they really emphasized how they've you know, put prohibitions on their employees' behavior. Um, they may have hired Pinkerton detectives to ensure audience safety. Um, they really wanted people to start bringing in uh, women and kids and make these uh, these big family fe- family-friendly spectacles. So they turned it into like big circus. So they turned it into a business. Yeah. Um, when we think of, you know, the Barnum and Bailey circus today, um, which is actually uh, coming back after a brief hiatus this fall, um, that's the type of circus that they were creating in the 19th century, this big business, um, venture, uh, traveling entertainment owners were you know, kind of our first big entertainment millionaires. This is so fascinating. What questions do you still have? Like you're obviously working, you're doing research. Like what is your latest area of research? Um, Right now I'm investigating um, the culture among circus employees. Um, Specifically, I'm looking at non-performers actually. So I've I've kind of moved away from clowns and I'm looking at uh, the manual laborers with uh, these shows and looking at what life was like for these primarily men on the road with the shows and how they negotiated trying to, you know, keep their own traditions uh, and balance that with uh, the new expectations of owners. Well, I'd like your job. Your job sounds fascinating. Dr. Steiner, (laughs) thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. That's Dr. Madeline Steiner, postdoctoral fellow for the Founding Documents Initiative in the Department of History at the University of South Carolina. Come on, admit it. She does. She sounds like she has a fascinating job. She studies, you know, traveling, entertainment, circuses, vaudeville, all of that from the 19th century. That would be so fascinating to look at, right? 